Let's pray. Father God in heaven, you're great, you're awesome, you're all-powerful. And Lord, in our trials and our tribulations and our difficulties and our challenges, um, remind our hearts of how great and how magnificent and how awesome you are. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God, Psalms 84. Lord, your word says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the presence of the Almighty. He shall say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my strength. Lord, whatever your people are facing, remind them where to place their hearts this morning. To take their eyes off their circumstances. Take their eyes off their situation they're in and place their eyes on you because you're the same yesterday today and forever in jesus name we pray father amen we come to an awesome subject this morning one of my favorite subjects the love of god this morning when you leave this place uh, I, I want you to go with a deeper understanding of god's love uh, we, we use that word love so, so often, it's, it's, it's slung around and thrown around so much in the world that it loses its meaning, it loses its flavor, it loses what we understand about it until we go back to what defines love. So my question for you is, how do you define love? How do you define love? I want to, uh, these people don't, I just picked out some people throughout time to find out what they believed about love. Let's see what different people throughout history have said about love. The first one is Aristotle. Aristotle said this, love is composed of a single soul inhabiting two bodies. Talking about a man and a woman. People see that as love. The next one, how many remember this lady? Mother Teresa. I, I love her smile. She says, let us always meet each other with a smile, for a smile is the beginning of love. Okay, so we're, she's, we're friendly. We're kind. The next one, Martin Luther King. I like this one. He's, Martin Luther King said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And how true is that throughout time? What can defeat hate in our world? The love. But specifically, the love of God. And I got to throw in my last one. I found it. I really enjoyed reading it. But the next one is uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra, when he was asked, what is love? Yogi Berra said, love is the most important thing in the world, but baseball is pretty good too. <laughs> so, so yeah, so my, but my question for you this morning is, how do you define love? What's your definition of love? As a Christian, the Bible informs our hearts of the definition of love. 1 John 3.16 says this, By this we know love, here it is, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the gospel. The ultimate definition of love in this universe, from the beginning of time till the end of time, will be what Jesus did for us at Calvary. His love towards us his self-sacrifice towards us, him laying himself down on the cross to show us God's unconditional love. Um, there's two words in the New Testament for love. They, um, they are uh, agape and phileo. 
Phileo is um, brotherly love, from once we get Philadelphia, you know, the city of brotherly love. And the other one is um, agape. And agape is God's unconditional love. It's unconditional. There's no conditions put on it. He loves you. His love towards you, and he keeps on loving you. Whether you accept him or reject him, his love continues towards the objects that he cares for and he loves. And as we see from 1 John 3, 16, that agape love is self-sacrificing love. It's laying down our loves. Love is more than just the words that come out of our mouth. Love is how we live our lives towards the people that we say that we love. And if, we, if, we, if you've watched the news at all in the past couple of weeks, if you see in all what's going on in our world today, what do we need more of? More of God's love. And his avenues of God's love comes through Christians. We are the salt and light of the world. We are the avenues that the Holy Spirit comes down through and we display God's love to the world. So y'all ready to dig into God's definition of love? All right, let's do it. Let's pray, and then we'll get into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Father God in heaven, thank you for your word. Lord, as we dig into it now, Father, um, encourage us, strengthen us, and cause our love to go deeper. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 actually begins... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. So let's back up one verse. We did this last week. We closed with this verse, but we're going to start at chapter 12, verse 31. Paul says, But earnestly desire the greater gifts, but I still show you a more excellent way. Now what did we look at last week? We looked at the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, tongues, words of wisdom, miracles. And we looked at all those gifts that, that, that God uses in, in the church. But look at what he says here. But He says, Earnestly desire those gifts, and the gifts of the Spirit to operate in the church. But he says, I still show you a more, the NASB says, excellent way. A more excellent way. In other words, this is the best way. I call this this morning, the title of my sermon is this, The Way of Agape. The Way of Agape. It's living in Christ's love. And let me tell you, when you're living in Christ's love, there's no higher love in the universe. This is the highest of highest. This is the holy of holies. You live in Christ's love, you will make an impact in this world. And check this out, it's not optional. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, he says this, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Irene got home from the conference yesterday, she went to a, a Mom Strong conference, and we were sitting down and we were talking about God's agape love. And she said, David, do you really think? I mean, not to say we can't, but do you really believe that we can be conduits of God's love? And we were talking about how great is God's love, how awesome, how magnificent it is. You know, it's whatever I convey of God's love this morning is so much higher and so much greater than we could even think, talk, or imagine about. But the question is, can we be conduits of God's love? And according to Jesus in John chapter 13, he says, even as I have loved you, even as his agape love has come from heaven to us, you also agape one another. 
Agape love is not optional. It's not optional. It's a mark of our Christianity. It's a mark of who we are in the world. The people of God should be known as a people that love God with an agape love, and they love people with an agape love. All people, all people, all 7.6 billion people on this earth that are breathing oxygen, we should be able to say we love them. We love them with the love of Christ. So verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Here, uh, the, the, the point is, is the superiority of love to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So keep that in mind. Verse 13, look, read, look at verses 1 and 2. He says, If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, what, am, what is he? I am nothing. I am nothing. He's talking about here the superiority of love in the Christian's life, even over the gifts. Because that's what he's referencing from chapter 12. You think you're a gifted leader and you have no love? You're just making noise. Nobody wants to hear you. You've got to have love. If you have no love, you're like Charlie Brown's teacher. Nobody wants to hear it. People care about how much you love, how much you care. People don't, people don't come to me and say, Pastor David, what's your Bible degree in? What's your qualifications? What, what certificates do you have? Nobody ever asked me that because they don't judge me by that. They judge me just like they judge you and they judge all people by how much you care, how much you, you love. It matters how we treat people. You know that? It matters how we treat people, all people. The people we love, the people we uh, have a hard time loving, the people we don't agree with, it matters how we treat all people. And the first principle from, verses, from chapter 13, verses 1 and 2 is this. If you can't show love, don't say nothing. If you can't show love, don't say nothing. Now, I put out my email this week. I said we're going to take a love test. We're going to see what the love of the, the way of agape is. And I ask you this morning to examine yourselves. And listen, I'm not sitting up here all, all high and lofty. I, as I examined this passage this week, it kicked my butt. I saw how much I need to improve and how much I need to let him flow through me and in me and to me. And I fully understood what Irene's statement was to me Saturday. Because, you know, we talk about God's love, but are we living God's love? So let's look at that. Let's look at the way of agape. And I will examine myself, and you examine yourself. Verse 3. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, agape, it profits me nothing. So it's very important to note here that love is not a gift of the Spirit in the same sense that we, the, the gifts of the Spirit that we looked at last week. It is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul can't say, or I can't say, I have the gift of love, and Paul says, well, I don't have the gift of love. It don't work that way. Love is a mark of Christianity. Love is, is a mark of all believers, all people. We are called to have that love. It's the fa- it, it's, it's, matter of fact, if you go back, if you study um, Chapters 12, 13, and 14, love is the foundation 
from whence the, the, the gifts of the Spirit operate. Love is the foundation where your gift to the body of Christ, whether you serve, whether you lead worship, whether you door greet, whether you work with children, whether you serve in sound, pro presenter, whatever you do, the foundation of your serving is the agape love of God. You want to love on people. You want to minister to people. Verse 4, we'll see the first way of agape. It says love is patient. It means, uh, the word patient means it endures. It grows under trial. It's not discouraged. Uh, love does not give up. Love waits patiently. Now, we'll say we love someone. Oh, I love you. But here's the real question. Am I patient with you? Because my actions of being patient with you is a sign, according to the text, of the agape love of God. So love is just more than an emotional feeling from me to Rodney. It's me being patient with Rodney. That is the agape love flowing from my heart that the Holy Spirit gives me towards Rodney, towards you, towards other, towards other people. Love does not give up. Sometimes in the Christian walk, you will get stepped on. You will get stepped on. In your obedience to Christ and following him and loving people, you will get stepped on at times. But you do it for the sake of Christ. You do it so that you may win someone to Christ. You do it so that you may shine the light of Christ to someone. But there are times in our Christian walk, in our Christian venture of faith, where we will get stepped on. It's just part of it. They crucified Jesus. Okay? They crucified him. They nailed him to a cross. That wasn't a great and glorious day in the eyes of the disciples. We will get stepped on in our love. So, number one, the way of agape is patient. If you're taking notes, the way of agape is patient. Are you patient? Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, help us to grow in our patience towards one another. Because patience is agape love. Let's look at the next one. It says, love is kind. Love is kind. That word means active goodness. It means benefiting others. It means serviceable. It means pleasant. So this next one here, the way of agape is kind. Question for you. Are you a pleasure to be around? Are you a pleasure to be around? Do you benefit others? That is agape love. When you benefit others others when you're a pleasure to be around your spirit what God is doing inside you your personality you're contagious you're a joy to be around you're kind simple word right we say people oh yeah you're a kind person but the word means so much more than the way we define it today it means that we're, we're pleasant to be around we're a pleasure to be around we benefit others we're serviceable we're pleasant and let's be that. Being that, being a kind person and benefiting other people is the way of agape. Amen? All right, let's look at the next one. Uh, verse, where are we at? Verse 4. And is not jealous. The word jealous means you burn with desire for something that's not yours. It means envy. It means selfish jealousy. It means I want this. And what we see when we, when we look at the subject of jealousy, is this. The way of agape is defined on how you answer this question. What are you most satisfied with? What are you most satisfied with in life? Are you competing with the Joneses? 
are, 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 are you eat up with a desire for what others have? Or do you find your complete and utter satisfaction in Jesus? Do you find your complete satisfaction in your relationship with Jesus Christ? That is the way of agape. That is the way of agape. You know, praise the Lord for the Joneses. I am so glad God has blessed them with everything they have. And I'm so thankful for what God has given me, what I have. Praise the Lord. But ultimately, it's all going to burn. And my complete and total satisfaction in my life is found in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? That is the way of agape. That is the way of agape. Man, as I was going through these, I, I was getting hammered. But I grew in them. Just this week, as I was going through each one of these, and I was thinking about the relationships I have with people and my interactions, and it's like the Holy Spirit was just working on my heart and just changing my attitude and changing my mind towards people, towards things, toward things I'm facing. And I'm hoping that the Lord does that in your heart this morning. Let's look at the next one. We're going to put the next two together. It says, love does not brag and is not arrogant. Basically, not prideful. It's not about me. You're not self-centered. You're content uh, behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's the being arrogant is, uh, is being consumed with yourself. Being consumed with yourself. What we see in this word, the way of agape, the way of agape is walking in humility. Walking in humility. That is love, okay? That is love. That, that picture of the movie, The Notebook, where they're lip-locked on the beach, that's, that's what the world sees as love. But this is real love, because this is divine love. This is agape love. You know, we don't spend our lives picking people apart. We, we don't spend our lives picking people apart. But in humility, we spend our lives serving other people. You know, whether you, you, you serve a body of people or you serve an individual that's the way of agape, is serving others and walking in humility. Amen? Amen. Let's continue the way of agape, God's love. Verse 5, it says, uh, does not act unbecomingly. Now, what in the world does unbecomingly mean? Unbecomingly means having poor manners. Having poor manners. It means acting rude. You don't care about how others feel. You're not polite. You're insensitive. And it stems from, it's something we all struggle with. I've been there before, just being insensitive, not being polite, not caring how others feel. And it's, it's a natural tendency that we all can drift towards if we're not careful to stay in God's love. Because it stems from a lack of love, a lack of God's love in our hearts. It's pe the people, they, they see it their way and no, and no other way. And men, as I was looking at this this morning, I, th I thought about us. Men, we have to listen to our wives. And listen to their advice. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten is from my wife. And to not listen to our spouse is pride. Not listen to leaders, to our friends, to people. Listen to other people. Consider what, um, consider what they have to say. You know, and at the same time, I said to, to not act unbecomingly is, is poor manners and acting rude. 
we have to own our attitude. We have to own our attitude and we have to own our body language because we represent Jesus. We represent Jesus. You know, one of the things with the leaders at Calvary Chapel, when they, when they come in and serve, you need to understand, you represent Calvary Chapel. You represent Calvary Chapel to the visitors. You represent Calvary Chapel to the body. You represent Calvary Chapel to um, the children. And we have to own our body language. And we have to be careful that we have good manners and that we're not rude. So the way of agape, based on verse 5 where it says, does not act unbecomingly, the way of agape is this. You're friendly. You're friendly towards all people. You see no color. You see no, no whatever divisions there are that divide people. You see all people as people that God loves and you care for them. That is the way of agape. Whoever they are, old, young, rich or poor, young or dying, all people, we see them as people that God loves and that's the way of agape, is being friendly towards those people. In verse, yeah, continuing in verse 5, it says, it does not seek its own. It places other people first. That's hard. That is so hard in our daily lives to take aside what's most important to us and set it on the shelf and say, I'm going to focus on what this person needs. But that is the way of agape. It's simple, too. It could be preparing a meal for someone who's been in the hospital. It could be going and visiting someone that, 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 that needs some encouragement. It could just going and having coffee to talk to someone who's down and out and, 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 and placing their interest. There's things I really, really, really want to be doing tonight. There's things I'd really be enjoying but I'm hoping to meet with someone tonight and just spend some time with them, just spend some fellowship with them. I want to seek their best interest and not mine. Because if it was my way, I'd be up on the couch with a ceiling fan going and watching a little bit of football. But I want to seek other people's good and not just my own. I believe we're still in verse 5. It says, uh, it's not provoked. People that are provoked, they fly off the handle. They fly off the handle. They're one decision away from getting really upset. And they're hard to talk to. They're hard to deal with. They're, they're hard to carry on a, a conversation with. So my question for you when it says do not be provoked is this. How do you handle disagreements? We're going to disagree. You're going to disagree. You're going to disagree with your spouse. You're going to disagree with family members. You're going to disagree with people in the church. But how do you deal with those disagreements? We've got to put tools in place. We've got to put tools in place. We've got to be loving. We've got to be understanding. We can't say my way or the highway. And, and we've got to come to a place where we're not provoked, where we don't fly off the handle, where we're not angry. The way of agape is this. The way of agape, the way of God's love agape is this. We control our emotions. We control our emotions. And that can be one of the hardest things to do. It's one of the hardest things to do. And I can't tell you how many times I've blown it. How many times I've let words go out of my mouth that I wish I could reel them back in. But we know that's a scientific impossibility. Because once the words come out and they go into the ears, they're there. 
Big mistake. Big mistake. So the way of agape is we control our emotions. Continuing on, it says, uh, boy, this one was tough. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Forgiving. The way of agape, the way of living in God's love and him living in us, the way of agape is we are a forgiving people. This is where the rubber meets the road. How hard is this? Think about people that have really, really upset you and you've been really, really angry with and think about how hard it is to forgive them. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. I never knew my biological father. He, he got my mom pregnant and he hit the road. Never knew him. And then that was 1970. Then 1986, I was 16 years old. I'm curious. I'm discovering life. And I said, hey, I want to go meet this guy. And I kind of wanted to get to know him, see what he's all about. So I found out where he was, and I drove down to Augusta, Georgia, and went to his house and knocked on the door. Carl came to the door, and we chit-chatted for about 15 seconds. And his phone rang. I've never met him before. This is the first time in 16 years. I was kind of over-elated, like, Wow, this is my this is my father. I was, I was just blown away. Anyway, the phone rang 15 seconds into our conversation. And he said, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And he walked out the door. I never saw him again. And that hurt. That hurt that went real deep. That went real deep. It was like I couldn't believe that I thought he would stop the world to see me. And so I dealt with that for years. And some people will come to me today that know my story, that know the background of what happened, and they'll be like, David, how did you deal with that? Let me tell you something. When I got saved, in, in the years after I got saved, as I grew in God's word, I came to a place and I forgave him. He is completely forgiven. I have no ill will towards him. I have no animosity towards him. God bless you, my friend. Go and do great things in life. I hope you get saved, serve the Lord, and go on and live your life. But the thing was, I could have have taken into account this wrong suffered, but I found a place to, to be able to forgive him. How was I able to do that? I remember this. I remember my whole entire life of rebellion. I used to have my fist up to God saying, I will have nothing to do with Christianity. I'm going to live my sinful life the way I want to. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I thought about all those years of rebellion. And then God graciously saves me and forgives me. And what what am I able to do by his Holy Spirit dwelling in me? That forgiveness that came from him to me. You know what I did? I just turned around and gave it to my biological father and said, you are forgiven. I don't suffer from it. I don't need no counseling. I've moved on. All is well. You know, if anything, I've, I've learned, you know, I've learned from that in my parenting with, and with my children. But the reason I was able to get past that wrong suffered is because I learned the, of God's agape love dwelling in me and that God's agape love is a forgiving love. It, does, doesn't, mean, it doesn't happen right away. It, it, sometimes it's something you have to work through. But living in God's agape love means you can come to a place of forgiveness. Can you imagine, man, if we excel in these gifts 
uh, excuse me, if we excel in these traits of love, what it will do, it will be amazing. We will truly be shining the love of Christ. So my question, the way of agape, uh, it says it does not take into account our own suffering. How do we let the past go? It's called forgiveness. And the way of God's love, the way of agape, is the way of forgiveness. It's more than just saying, I love you. It's, I forgive you. That's God's agape love. Amen? Verse 6. It says, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, uh, but rejoices with the truth. God's agape love will cause us to be at war with sin. Uh, we will not run to sin. Matter of fact, God's agape love, because it's holy, it will cause us to hate sin. We will hate sin. We will fight against sin. We will run from sin. We will repent of sin. But it says, but rejoices with the truth. God's agape love compels us. God's divine agape love dwelling inside our hearts causes us to love Jesus more, to love him more, to love his word more. And it, that agape love dwelling in us will love it when we see people set free in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Is what God's agape love says in our hearts. The, the way of agape, it loves the truth and it hates sin. The way of agape, man, you will love Jesus more and more. The more and more you understand his sacrifice at Calvary, the more more and more you understand how much you've rebelled and you've sinned against God and you've shaken the fist at God, but he still forgives you and, and, and makes you white as snow. And the more and more you think about his resurrection and how he did it for you, he did it for you the more and more you'll love him, and the more and more you'll rejoice with the truth. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 8, he said, for nothing can be done against the truth, but only for the truth. So the way of agape, it loves the truth, and it hates the sin. Let's look at verse 7. Uh, verse 7, Charles Spurgeon calls this the, uh, the four friends of love. These, these are the four compadres of love. Said, verse 7 says, uh, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. The first one, let's go back and look at it. It says it bears all things. It means it carries. It, love carries the burdens of others. And so many times where we have found ourselves in a point in life where we were down and out, depressed, beat down by life circumstances, somebody comes in and does what? They carry us. You could say Christ carries you, and he does. But a lot of times, Christ will come in through a friend, through a Christian brother or sister, and he will carry you. He will bear all things. Take the burden of others. The next one there is, it believes all things. Now, this don't mean go believe willy-nilly whatever you want to about theology and life and the Bible. No, that's not what it's saying. When it says it believes all things, it says it sees the best. It sees the best. It it gives... uh, it gives people a chance. It sees the potential in people. You know, when I reach out to someone, I, I think the best, I believe the best, I see the best. Until they prove me wrong, I'm going to give 110% to build that person, to lift that person up, to think, man, you are going to do great and mighty things for the Lord. That's what I believe. Until they prove me wrong. 
when it comes to ministry and building people up, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap my arms around their, their ankles and say, you're not going nowhere. You have, to, you have to force yourself out of here before I let you go. Because I, I believe in you, and I believe you can do great things for the Lord. That's the kind of faith we got to have towards one another. As we believe all things, we believe the best. Verse 7, the third friend of love, according to Charles Spurgeon, says, it hopes all things. That simply means the best is yet to come. We believe the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come for you, for your life, for your family, for our church, for people, as we go the way of agape. Not just willy-nilly do anything in life, but the best is yet to come as we move towards the agape love of God. And then the final one uh, in verse 7, it says, it endures all things. That word endure, it means it continues. It goes on and on and on and on, just like God's love goes on and on and on. we got to remember that, guys. You know, you need to let these truths sink in. This is the agape love of God. This is the supreme mark of Christianity. People care how much you love. That's, that's the truth. When you go visit a church, you go visit relatives, or you go somewhere, you want to know how much are you loved. And that is the way of agape. Verse 8 says, love never fails. His love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Is that how the song goes? His love never fails. His love never fails us. But our love will fail. And what we have to do is pick it up, pick it back up, and say, God, I want to carry your love to the people around me. The agape, not just any love, not any love, not human love, not humanistic love, but divine agape love is what we are called to take to the world. My question for you this morning, how did you do? How did you do? How did you do? How did you, how, where's your love at? My hope and my prayer this morning that as we move forward as a body, that as we're challenged by the word of God, is that we will grow in our love. And every single one of us, including myself, as I was examin- examining it this, mor- this week, you know, I was like, boy, I got a lot of room for improvement. Could you, can you agree with that? I got, a lot of, I got a, a lot of room for improvement. I know I do. And with God's, by God's grace, and God's word, and God's spirit, let us be a church that grows in the agape love of God. Amen? Amen. No matter what, no matter who they are, where they are, where they're from, what they're doing, you know, we don't compromise on truth. We speak the truth. We, we confront sin. We, we uh, speak the truth in love. But we do it all with the agape love of God. Let's uh, finish up this passage. It says, verse 8, Your love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. So he's saying here in verse 8, the gifts are going to end one day. The gifts of the Spirit, they they, they will end. Verse 9, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part question is when will the gifts end 
When, when will the gifts cease to exist or cease to have a purpose? Verse 10, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. What is the perfect? It's when we, when we reach heaven and we see him face to face. We won't need the gifts of the Spirit to talk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We won't need the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge because we will be in the very presence of wisdom and knowledge. And we will see him face to face just as we are. We'll see him. But until then, we have the gifts. Verse 10, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with the childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. One day we'll see him face to face. We'll be in his presence. We will no longer have to learn about love and grow in love because we'll be in the presence of his great love. We'll be in his very presence We'll see the, the, the marks on his hands and the marks on his feet. We'll be in the presence of love. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. The gifts will cease when we go into his presence. And now one of the greatest Bible verses, this, this quoted at weddings, verse 13, but now faith, hope, Love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. I was listening to a Calvary Chapel pastor teach on this passage, and um, he, he, compares, he compares this passage to this section of Scripture to an Oreo. Chapter 12 and chapter 14 are, are, are the dark parts, uh, talking about the gifts, they're the outer part of the Oreo, but right in the middle is the white stuff. And what do we like to do with the Oreo? We like to pop it off and eat the yummy stuff in the middle. The, the white in the middle is the love of God. It's the love of God that's the foundation of the gifts. It's the love of God, the agape love of God, that is the mark of Christianity. It is the love of God is the glue that holds us together. I mean, am I not right? Is that not what brings us together? Is that not why we look forward to every Sunday morning and, and Bible studies and, and working at the church and coming together with people? so we can love on one another, have fellowship with one another. The way of agape, there's no greater way. Amen? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that you will help us to grow in your love, to grow in your grace, to grow in your truth, Lord. Father, let us recapture, let us recapture the meaning of love. And let us see it as the way of agape. And Lord, I pray by your spirit for every person in this room that you will, in agape love, show them, Lord, how we can grow in love and make a greater impact of those around us. Lord, we love you. We agape you. Help us to manifest that agape love. Help us to walk in the way of agape. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. All God's people said, amen.